of the sky. Look. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Thank you for joining us for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. I am your host, Matt Spectro, lifetime comic fan, lifetime animation fan, and this is the podcast exclusively talking comic book animation. Thank you for joining us again. Welcome to episode 59. As always, I'm going to briefly explain the rules. Rule number one, comic book animation. I just said it. You should have been paying attention. Rule number two, I'm a big fan of the old team-up books, Marvel Team-Up. DC Comics presents Marvel 2-in-1, Brave and the Bolts. This is a team-up podcast every week. Me and a special guest talking comic book animation. Third and most important, we got to have fun. I'm going to bring out my guest right now. She is the cream in my coffee, the apple in my eye, the love of my life, my wife, the one and only Jamie. Hello. This is the part where you make fun of me for not having enough enthusiasm. <laughs> the show just started. I'm going to make fun of you. All you said was hello. I know. I don't say it peppy enough. It's been almost a year since you've graced my podcast. I know. it. Um, I was impressed when you said 59 episodes. Oh, yeah. It's been quite a while. Almost a year. I think just under a year. Uh, you first came on and we discussed... Uh, Spider-Woman, the first time you were on the show. Yes. And then the last time you were on, we discussed the very disappointing What If cartoon on Disney+. Plus. Correct. So, this week, episode 59, we're going to be talking The Mask. And I'm going to start off right now, probably guessing until recently, you probably had no idea The Mask was even a comic book. I did not know... The Mask was a comic book, correct? I did not know that. Well, we're going to be talking The Mask. We're going to animation, but we'll get into it a little bit. The Mask is kind of a weird story here from the research I looked up. Uh, the Mask is a comic book in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, I had read some of it. I was aware of it. I didn't read it until a bit later. Apparently, it was uh, back in 1982, a Mike Richardson had a basic concept and did a basic sketch in 1985 and then uh, handed over to one Mark Badger who did a mask strip, spelled the M-A-S-Q-U-E at the time, that appeared in uh, Dark Horse Presents in 1987. Uh, Chris Warner had designed the look of the mask and then the mask itself, because he was once known as Big Head, believe it or not, and the mask, as we all know and love, first appeared in 1991, created by John Arcudi and Doug Mankey. And I have no idea if I'm saying those names right or not. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. And the comic uh, ran for Dark Horse quite some time, very prominent in the 90s especially. Uh, extremely violent, actually. Uh, if anybody's familiar with the cartoon or the uh, Jim Carrey film... The comic book is a lot more violent than the, either of those were. 
I do remember the movie. I saw the movie in the uh, movie theater, actually. <laughs> the mask. So they went on to success. Uh, this is back in uh, the, after the Batman phenomenon of the late 80s, early 90s, but before the Marvel movies had started to pick up. So it was that, talking about the film now, was that brief period in the mid-90s where there was a lot of random comic book movies that either a lot of people didn't know were comic book movies or were independent companies, not Marvel and DC, to middle to moderate success. The Mask would be an example. Tank Girl would be an example. Uh, The Crow would be another example. Were these, like, I didn't know. I'd only seen The Mask out of those three you just named. And I didn't know that it was based on a comic book. Now, was that something back then? Because before I met you, I didn't really pay attention. Was that something back then that they would have let the audience know ahead of time? Like, with, were they marketing that? or uh, Not really. It wasn't like in those, uh, well, I'd have to rewatch it, but it's not like they'd be like, exploding from the page of Dark Horse Comics, it's The Mask, you know? <laughs> no, or uh, I don't even think like, the crow in any of their marketing even said, you know, from the acclaimed, nowadays they'd slap all over from the acclaimed graphic novel. But uh, no, I don't think that. I don't think Tank Girl would have had that. I'm trying. There's probably other things that I'm forgetting from that era until the, they made the first Blade movie. And then. Um, I didn't know Blade was based on a comic. <laughs> As you can until tell. Until you told me. Folks, I have nothing but experts appear on my show. Uh, Spawn would have appeared in that time period, which is based on the Image comic. So the movie was very successful. We can agree on that. It's a great movie. One of the films that really launched Jim Carrey into superstardom as well as- Cameron Diaz. Yes, launched the career of uh, Cameron Diaz. Pretty successful at the time, which was uh, leading to uh, Jim Carrey's success. And for any of you uh, younger viewers, you might not know, uh, Jim Carrey was kind of the, he was the guy in the 90s. This guy was uh, making hit after hit. Um, at one point, I think he got the most, the highest salary for comedic actor at one point. with a, It wouldn't surprise me. He was, he was great. And then, uh, obviously, that led to him also appearing in other comic book film of Batman Forever. You did know that was based on a comic book, even back I knew then. Batman Forever was based on a comic, but I don't remember... Did I see that? Because I don't remember Jim Carrey in it. Did you? <laughs> Wait, what? Did, did I see that? Are you kidding me I'm right now? I'm not a huge Batman fan. Which one is that? Which Batman is that? He played the that? Riddler. Val Kilmer played Batman in that one. Yeah, I didn't see that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I saw the Batman that just came out. Oh, and I folks, saw and a Batman part. with Michael Keaton. <laughs> this is the part where you tune in next week when we uh, <laughs> actually bring someone who knows something about it. Hey, I know Cameron Diaz and Jim Carrey. That's, that's, I got that. So we get to the mass cartoon, uh, which due to uh, Jim Carrey's, uh, well, it was based on the movie, which was successful. But there was also this weird thing going on in the 90s where somebody in Hollywood decided anything Jim Carrey did would lend itself to a cartoon. There was an Ace Ventura cartoon, a Mass cartoon, and a Dumb and Dumber cartoon that all was in the 90s, believe it or not. Those are very funny movies. <laughs> yes, but not every <laughs> funny movie would lend itself. <laughs> the Hangover is a funny movie. I don't think it would lend itself to a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> so the cartoon uh, debuted back in 1995 on CBS. It was much more based on the film than the comic book. Uh, had more of the, obviously, the Jim Carrey type character. 
had more of the less violence in it and more of the cartoony violence that was in the film. It was developed by uh, a Dwayne Calpiza, uh, produced by uh, Gary Hardy. It was Dark Horse Entertainment, Film Roman, Sunbow Entertainment, and New Line Television that produced it. Um, fun fact, Jarno Cootie, who had one of the co-creators, actually came and wrote two episodes of the show. It ran for three seasons. So it's not often that the creators of uh, something actually had anything to do with the uh, animated version. Maybe he was broke. <laughs> And needed the cash. Well, um, back then, they would have been tickled pink to do it because uh, there had been a handful of comic writers that had worked on cartoons. Not always their own work, but uh, these names will mean nothing to you. But uh, Marv Wolfman, Steve Gerber, Marty Pasco, just to name a few that comic writers that actually wrote for animation as well. I'm Not- a huge Marty Gerber fan. <laughs> Did I get those names right? You got to, you 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 did an amalgam of uh, Marty Pasco, <laughs> okay. the late great Marty Pasco, wow. and Steve, the late great Steve Gerber, actually both no longer with us, unfortunately. Oh. So, um, based on the more the film than the comic book, like I said, at the violence, um, a lot of the characters from the film appear in the cartoon, not just Stanley Ipkiss, but uh, Peggy Brandt, ask Peggy, uh, is on the cartoon. And the dog. Dog Milo. Arthur Newman is in the cartoon. He's the only person on the cartoon who was voiced by the actor who played them in the movie. Ben Stein came to voice the actor. You know Ben Stein, right? Yeah, he had that um, talk show. Yes. We all wear masks, metaphorically speaking. Also, you know, he was the teacher. in uh, Bueller. Bueller. Bueller, exactly. There you go. Um, it does take place in Edge City, much like the comic and the uh, the film. The Cameron Diaz character does not appear anywhere in the cartoon, though. It's a loss. But Richard Jennings' platypus man himself still plays Stanley's best friend. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> His character, I should say, shows up. Not Richard Jennings. Not the late, great Richard Jennings, who's also no longer with us. The platypus man. You must remember him. I don't think I do remember the platypus man. <laughs> that was his stand-up shtick. <laughs> he didn't really uh, have much fame other than stand-up. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head anything else he appeared in. So we decided to tackle a special episode of The Mass. Now, it's safe to say you're a big fan of, uh, of Jim Carrey. I am a big fan of Jim Carrey. <laughs> so... Since you're a fan of Jim Carrey, this is Comic Book Animation, and I'm a big fan of team-up books, we're doing a team-up episode. We're doing the episode, The Ace Man Cometh, where, believe it or not, this episode features a team-up of The Mask and Ace Ventura. Yes. (laughs) This original air date was August 30th, 1997. I was really kind of stunned to find out that this actually happened. It's actually a two-part episode where... First, Ace Ventura shows up on the Mask cartoon, and then it continues onto the Ace Ventura cartoon with the Mask showing up on his cartoon. That episode was called Have Mask, Will Travel. Now, it's written by uh, Dwayne Calpizzi and uh, directed by uh, Russell Calabrese. It's very bizarre because it's two cartoon characters based on the same actor when he doesn't do either of their voices. But it's not the same guy doing both the voices, correct? We're going to get to the voices in a minute, but yes. Two totally different people, both doing a Jim Carrey impression of Jim Carrey characters, meeting each other 
but neither of them playing. You don't know how special it is. It was kind of rare for um, this to happen. Like Spider-Man is amazing friends. They did a lot of guest stars. There was a uh, Fred and Barney meet the thing, but they never actually met. They just spared, shared a couple uh, Scooby-Doo teamed up with Dino Mutt, but it didn't happen often. So it's a pretty exciting to do a team up episode. Now the mask Stanley up kiss voiced by a Rob Paulson, a very prominent voice actor. He had voiced both uh, Raphael and the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And he actually uh, voiced Donatello in a future version of the Turtles. He was also Pinky of Pinky and the Brain on Animaniacs. Now, I normally wouldn't uh, say the who voiced the dog, but Milo is voiced by the late, not the late, he's still with us. Every, every, <laughs> I'm just saying late great because so many people passed away. Frank Welker, the voice of uh, Fred from Scooby-Doo. You must know who that is. I do. That Yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> He's actually the third highest grossing actor of all time. If you count every little movie he's ever been in where he does like a voice or something like that. Sometimes it's just like him doing a barking Like voiceover dog. actor or like actor? Well, like because like, wow. he, he shows up in so many things where it's like he voiced an alien or he voiced a dog, a CGI. <laughs> I'd have to look at the numbers of that. but uh, The villain, Pretorius. It's actually voiced by the uh, the great Tim Curry. Everyone knows Tim Curry as such roles as uh, he was in Rocky Horror Picture Show, played the butler in Clue, and obviously the original Pennywise in the television movie It. You do know who Tim Curry is. Yeah, he was in a Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> Why don't you list something I just didn't <laughs> say just now? <laughs> and Clue. <laughs> He was the butler in Clue. And um, he also was, what was the last one you said? <laughs> I'll give you $100 if you can name one Tim Curry thing that I didn't just say. That you didn't just say. Um, <laughs> you said the easy ones. I would give you $100 if you can list another one that you didn't just say. I can list a whole bunch. You can? Yes. I can't list anything. I can't think of anything. Uh, he was in the Three Musketeers. I didn't see it. He was in the ah uh, the Shadow. I didn't see it. He was in. Uh, he had a reoccurring character in Roseanne. I didn't see it. I'm just kidding. I saw that probably. <laughs> he played. Uh, he was in Legend. He played Darkness and Legend. Legend what? The movie Legend. No, I didn't see that. Tom Cruise. No. You never seen Legend. When did it come out? You've never seen Top Gun. <laughs> Tom Cruise. <laughs> Finally, Ace Ventura, who I want to give credit, was created by Jack Bernstein with uh, a lot of credit goes to Jim Carrey for developing the character. He's voiced by a Michael Hall, not Anthony Michael Hall. He's been a voice actor. He's done a lot of uh, English dubs for anime. He did uh, voices in Sausage Party. He also played Gordon Goffrey in Smallville. Never seen it. Smallville? I've never seen Smallville, no. How about Sausage Party? Sausage Party? I did see Sausage Party, hey. yes. Ding, 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 folks. We have found something. <laughs> She's actually seen. Now, there's not a huge age gap, but I am a little older than you. Yes, like a whole another checkbox <laughs> in a questionnaire. 
1997, uh, you were not really a child at that point. So you're probably not watching the mass cartoon at the time. In fact, actually, you already said you didn't even know it existed. I didn't know it existed. I was was 19. I was in college. I was doing other things in my time. Other things. Other things. (laughs) Leave it at that. (laughs) Do you have a preference, Ace Ventura or The Mask? Ace Ventura, when nature calls, hands down, one of the best movies ever made. One of the best movies ever so hilarious. So hilarious. So I I do prefer Ace Ventura over the Apocalypse Now, not Not Shawshank Redemption. Not Shawshank Redemption, not Star (laughs) Wars. Ace Ventura, when nature calls, one of the greatest. Okay, comedies. You've heard it here first, folks. Ace Ventura, (laughs) nature calls, one of the greatest films of all time. I believe the American Film Institute voted that in. And I believe it's been added to the uh, Library of Congress. <sighs> on that note, <laughs> we're going to take a break. We're going to watch The Ace Man Cometh. We're going to talk about it. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. The CBS Saturday morning is smoking. It's all new and animated. Make way for the mask. Wendy, somebody stop me. Starting next week, CBS Saturday morning is... Smoking! This thing has a life of its own! The Mask is the best action comedy of the summer. Okay, It's amazing. This is a piece of wood. And the hippest movie of the year. They've got to see Tina. Do I go as myself or The Mask? If I tell you, you promise to leave my office right now jim carrey is hilarious somebody stop me the mask is pure movie magic rated pg-13 now playing at a theater near you there's a new hero in town a whirlwind of action that's positively okay yes dare to wear the mask from zero to hero the mask is one lean green crime fighting machine he's a hard-hitting Superhero! As he battles the evil mask-stealing Dorian. He's a quick-draw dude with maskitude. Eye-popping crime stopping are just killing time. Even Milo's putting a bite on crime. Dare to wear the mask. Somebody stop me. Figures each sold separately. Now, from the heart of the jungle, you can bring the new ace to your place. It's savage. It's uncivilized. Alrighty then. Own Ace Ventura when nature calls on video. Meanwhile, at the Podcast of Justice. And we are back, and we just watched the mass cartoon episode, The Ace Man Cometh. And between the things you've said in this cartoon, uh, wow, is all that's running through my head at this point. I had not. I knew this cartoon existed, but I had not seen it before. Now, it's uh, it's something. I'll say that it is. It is something. I'm just excited. It's a two parter. Can't Why? Wait. Can't wait to see that second part. <laughs> <laughs> we can make this into a two part podcast. Well, we had Talk quite. We have an intro with the uh, the mask is singing and uh, kind of explaining his origin. 
He's just smoking twice in the song, I'd like to point out. If you... Smoking. <laughs> smoking. I don't know if you... You must have been living under a rock, but in the 90s, uh, the, Jim Carrey says, smoke was his big catchphrase, and that thing became... That and like King of the World were like two of the 90s phrases that you heard over and over again. Correct. But he uh, does it right off the bat. Kind of has the same... His basic outfit is the mask looks pretty much like Jim Carrey's, the yellow zoot suit with uh, the green face and the big teeth. The whole cartoon begins in Landfill Park, where there's the mask uh, getting a tan on his face, which I wouldn't think would work because he's wearing the mask, which is a big difference in the, uh, in the film. It only worked at night, but in the cartoon, he can wear the mask any time of day. Maybe he wanted to go from like a nice lime green to a hunter green or something. It could be right. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we look over and we see Pretorius. He's uh, got an ice cream cart. Um, he's brought a master master plan. An amazing coincidence that he just happens to be in the same park that his arch enemy, the mask, is. So is this was this in the movie? Was there an arch enemy in the movie? <laughs> Are you seriously asking me if Pretor- Pretorius? I don't was remember. In- I remember him. Because I've only seen the mask once, I thought, in the movie theater. I told you that. Not to jump ahead, but uh, the ridiculous thing this villain does in this cartoon, and you're asking me, was he in the movie? Wait, so you're telling me you haven't I'm seen ask- the mask since 1994? I'm telling you I haven't seen the mask since 1991, right? No, 1994. It didn't come out in 1991. It came out in 1994? Yes. Oh, yeah, of course. Now that I think back to the, uh, no, the theater. No, he's not in the movie. He's the villain, the main villain of the cartoon. They okay, because you say it, you're talking about him like you know him, like you should be familiar. Well, I said he's his arch, his arch nemesis on the cartoon. Like in this specific episode, or is this like a whole thing? No, in general. He's in like general, the Joker okay. to the mask. Like the Joker is the Batman, <laughs> Pretorius is to the mask. Okay. So he's got this great plan where the mask goes to get him the ice cream at the end of the fight, and he right off the bat knocks his head off, which turns grows arms and it's like a robotic head. So he's some kind of cyborg. They have a uh, theme of him turning into a samurai and a baseball player during this whole thing. Uh, the samurai, one of many offensive character, uh, racial character. I can't even say the word racial caricatures. Characters that happens on the show. So, it's like one after another. Yeah, it's a lot. It makes you forget about the 90s, how how, how sensitive we are now compared to the 90s. I, mean, I didn't find, it, find any of it particularly offensive, but all I could think I of I don't was, find it offensive, but I had to keep asking you, like, are we allowed to say that? Yeah, all I could think <laughs> of was that, that, that wouldn't fly today. Yeah. After that, he uh, accidentally shoots the dog, Milo, which uh, he does not see. And the mask I, doesn't see, right? No, or, yeah, the or mask the... does not see that it, Milo gets shot with his uh, his uh, high-tech weapon. The neurosuculator is what we find out it is called, mm. um, which he says he's going to use to conquer Edge City. He does this while he's uh, driving away his ice cream thing turned into a rocket ship, essentially. <laughs> so then we go to uh, Stanley Ipkiss' apartment, which he does look... Kind of like a cartoon Jim Carrey. He looks kind of like a cartoon Jim Carrey. And to me, I'm thrown because he, the the person, I guess you said they're trying to impersonate Jim Carrey playing the mask, doesn't do that great of a job, in my opinion. Uh, when he's the mask, 
he's laying it on thick, trying to sound a lot like. And he sounds like okay. But when he's Stanley Ifkiss, he's sounding more like just a regular guy. Not he doesn't so sound like, like Jim, Jim Carrey. So I think it, Jim Carrey is the mask. And so when you take away and not having him voice it, it does throw me off a little bit. So when he goes to bed, uh, a Dr. Octopus type tentacle slides through the window, slides on the covers, and steals Milo. So when he wakes up, Milo's been kidnapped. Dog-napped, I believe he says. Yes, probably dog-napped. He doesn't know what to do. Now, I don't know if the TV was on in his sleep or just turned on, but there's a thing for the Limbo Olympics. Remember that, because... It, it wouldn't just be on the TV just for no reason. It's going to come up. Can I ask you a question, though? Fire away. Before we go any further. So since I, this is like I've learned a lot from from you well, we're so far. Just, not just to entertain. We're here to educate. Yes. I, I've learned a lot from you so far. Um, so the mask is a, is a hero, like a superhero? Yeah. I, yeah, he's a superhero. Because they keep on like, hey, the mask, the mask. And like, I just never really, I didn't, in the movie, he's not a superhero. He's just the mask. Yeah, he's more of a, he's like the hero of Edge City. Okay. So he is like a superhero. And then this guy is like the bad guy. Yes. And so like in other episodes of this, I'm assuming he's like saving things. Yeah, he does other other shenanigans. Sometimes getting in trouble, sometimes saving the day. I've read in that He's more of a hero to the people of Edge City. Like more people know about him than they did in the in the film. The police okay. aren't quite pursuing him as much as they were in the film. Okay, all right. So then we get during the Limbo Olympics, we get a television commercial. Oh, sorry, sorry. Can I interrupt you one more time? Okay, so the Limbo. We're talking about the Limbo. The limbo now, Olympics. Now, why is it that he wants to go get Milo, but then he sees the commercial for the Limbo Olympics? And then he says he can't put the mask on because he'll get limbo fever. Yes, because it's in his head. So the mask brings out like your inner desires and whatnot. So since he'd be focusing on the limboing, instead of trying to get Milo, the mask would want to enter the limbo contest. So the limbo Olympics was more important to him than Milo at that moment. It would have been if he put the mask on. If he put the mask on. Okay, okay. Go ahead. He sees a commercial for Ace Ventura Pet Detective. It's... The design of Ace Ventura, it's like, it's not, it's two separate cartoons. So the animation style is different and he's really kind of wacky looking. He, you can clearly tell it's Ace Ventura, but it's very bizarre at looking at the same time. Ace Ventura looks like Jim Carrey playing Ace Ventura, in my opinion, where Stanley Ipkiss, as Stanley Ipkiss does not look like Jim Carrey, but as a mask, he looks like Jim Carrey did in the movie. Uh, now, he says he's the only pet detective. Makes you wonder why he's advertising on television so far away from Miami, Florida, where it's is his home base. Where's Edge City? They, they never, I, I don't know if they've ever Maybe said Maybe it's the next town over from Miami. <laughs> Maybe it's in Florida. He makes a comment later on, not to jump ahead, about the long drive him and Spike had from Miami. Okay, so it's like Jacksonville. <laughs> so he shows up with Spike, with his, uh, which is his monkey. Yep, kids cartoon, they don't care. He just shows up and he's talking out of his asshole right off the bat like he does in the in the film. It was a long conversation. <laughs> he had a very long conversation out of his butt. Yes. Very long. Where the monkey uh, ends up uh, going into the bathroom. He said he apologizes because they had a very long ride from Miami where they ate a lot of fiber-based snacks. He's uh, kind of trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, of, you know, clues within the house. He's deduced 
that Milo has gone out the window, which Stanley, he doesn't think that adds up because they're three stories up. That is, and the way every single thing from the first second he starts talking out of his butt is Ace Ventura. It's like fresh out of the movie. The way he does the scene where he like deduces what happens. That's exactly a scene out of Ace Ventura with different words. It's like the person, all they had to do was take the script from Ace Ventura and just add different. Yeah, it really felt like it was like. One after another after yes of, of Ace Ventura because yes. it's like Healy and he does like a glove and, and loser yeah <laughs> talking out of his ass the yeah. the whole but by already and then if you haven't seen Ace Ventura I mean literally talking out of his ass he's bent over spreading his ass cheeks to make it seem like his butthole is talking he wants to ask them a few questions <laughs> now when he. Stanley doubts the window theory. This this generated one of the best lines of the cartoon where he says, Hey, pal, I don't tell you how to comb your hair. Don't tell me how to do my job. He says, two words, styling gel. Now, I don't know if it's because Ace's hair is so ridiculous that that line is in there, but his hair doesn't seem all that out of the ordinary Stanley, so I don't know what he's talking about. You know, there is a reference later on about messing up his due. Yes, there is a reference about messing up his due, which, again, is from... He does mention that in Ace Ventura. The landlady uh, crashes through the door. She uh, immediately becomes a suspect to Ace Ventura. And uh, to question her, he throws her in the bathroom where the monkey was just doing his business to torture her. He even (laughs) says the line about, uh, do not... Go in there. But he throws in with an oxygen mask. Well, because the line didn't belong there. (laughs) They threw her in there just to say that line, but the line didn't quite fit. Yeah, I got to say that Ace specifically is written pretty half-ass and lazily. Like It was just like, let's throw every dumb thing we can from the, the movie, and maybe nobody will notice. The monkey tries to get its hand on the mask. Uh, oh, yeah. Remember um, when he's yelling at her through the door? We we had a hard time. To, the insult. Uh, we think it said he called her a cut-rate chicken ant. A cut-rate chicken ant, I think. <laughs> like a chicken ant. What is that exactly? I have no idea. We watched no. it twice because we really weren't sure what he was saying. There. I think he says chicken ant. What is a chicken ant? If you know out there what a chicken ant is, please go to my social media and let me know. His monkey spike tries to get the mask, so he hides it in the closet. And uh, Ace wants to look in there, but uh, Stanley won't let him, which uh, makes uh, Ace very suspicious that this might be an inside job. But he puts on the mask after Ace leaves and leaves as the mask. He actually, right off the bat, does mention the limbo. So Stanley wasn't wrong. Limbo was on his mind. Ace does blame the mask. He thinks he's the punk that might have kidnapped Milo. And uh, right off the bat, they have a little showdown where uh, he pulls out a bunch of guns. And then uh, and a great, I got to say, a great bumper to go to commercial. Ace says, hey, we're going to be right back after I have a change of shorts. And they go to commercial, which again is, you know, I'm looking for Ray Finkel. And a new pair of shorts. Yeah, and then 
also the guns. Yes, that was from the mask. That was from the mask. So not yeah. as heavy on the mask references I mean, to the is movie. Is there really but... a line <laughs> that isn't taken? No, from the movie? even when we haven't. Well, we haven't gotten into it yet, but there's another big part that's straight out of the movie too. They get into a big fight, which ends up with a a chase scene uh, where they end up. You guessed it. You never would have thunk it. The laugh, the the limbo Olympics. I almost said laugh Olympics, but the limbo, limbo Olympics. Olympics. And Ace, as he crashed, went under it and sets. He's the new record holder. Yes. The mask. He's going to challenge that record, and he. An old school uh, dryer. He rolls himself up and flattens himself up so he can become the new champ. Oh, that was a dryer? Yeah, one of those old school dryers. You that know, was where, like a laminator. No. <laughs> where you got the, you put your, your, you wash your clothes in the tub and then you put them through the press and then and you it roll them out and it, it squeezes out, out oh. the water. Yeah, that was a laminator. Um, so instead, Ace is like, well, uh, let's see how high you can go. So it turns into a pole vaulting contest, which. As he pole vaults, Ace puts out his foot, trips him, and sends him flying through the window right onto a cop car. At this point, by the way, Ace Ventura has been hired to find a dog, and right now he's wasting time at a limbo contest with a mask. And uh, over the police scanner, that he hears that there must be a uh, he hears a dog is uh, over at the uh, the uh, astronomy. Uh, that's not astronomy. What's the word? Observatory, I guess. The astronomy. Astronomical Observatory. That's the word I'm looking for. And that means the mask is innocent. Unless you can be well, in two places just... at once. Oh, I thought he came to the realization the mask was innocent when the dog responded well to him and he thought that he... No, See, no, jumping I'm jumping ahead. I'm jumping ahead. Yes, the mask was innocent. So the cops were going to arrest him, but they realized they're handcuffed to a mask dummy, which blows up, of course. And right after that happened, Ace and... uh. And the mask stand next to each other, and the mask says, "Somebody stop us! Somebody stop me! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, stop yeah. me in the movie, stop but now it's the two of stop them. Us. I mean, yeah. At this point, why did they just make it a uh, a Dumb and Dumber mask Ace Ventura crossover? That would be fantastic. <laughs> would they just have Lloyd Christmas, or would both uh, guys from Dumb Harry and Lloyd be in there? Well, you'd have to have Dumb and dumber <laughs> right <laughs> which one's which but yeah you'd have to have both i think pretorius he's now in like a giant his head's mounted on a giant robot suit and he's there with miles and uh they're at the mcguffin space center they break into the satellite where there's where by the way they say only one person could know the the code but then the mask and Ace Ventura are already in there, dressed as cowboys, waiting to intercept him. And uh, he shoots a laser, which, of course, the mask blocks with a mirror. And it saves Milo. And they escape. But then Milo is speaking perfect English. He's, he's talking like a person. Yes. Like a British person. And uh, he's uh, actually the scientist from the MacGuffin Space Center. Which um, the mask then turns into, I don't know, was it an Indian or a Hindu? or And has kind of a... I think Indian, <laughs> yeah. It's number two in his somewhat racially insensitive <laughs> fake accent. Yes. Oh, Quartermass, that was the name of the, of the, the astronomer. 
he found out he was walking at the park. So earlier when Milo got shot, the neurosucculator switched the brains of this guy and Milo. Because Ace asked him two questions. And the first one, where he was at the park. And then he says, you have a second question. And he says, what's the butt sniffing thing all about? I was very disappointed that he asked it, but we never got the answer. The what? dog never answered. When else are we going to be able to talk to a talking dog? Let's give Ace credit. That was like the first joke they wrote that they didn't just steal right from the movie. So uh, That is true. <laughs> let's give him a little credit for that. <laughs> so they make it to the park. They find the doctor, who is Milo, and he actually jumps into uh, the mask's arms and starts licking his face and kissing him, which uh, grosses him out. And then they pretty much now took the scene from Ace Ventura where he, you know, so grossed out, he gets in the shower and, yes. uh, and is like gargling. <laughs> yes. So now they're stealing Ace Ventura bits and giving him to the mask. Yes. Yes. I was going to say that was the part where he goes in the shower and like cries in the shower. Now, isn't that from another movie? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I thought playing the song from the crying game. I think it's yeah, it, so. the crying game. So I think that that's a take on the crying game, which now this is a take on that movie. So that, that same scene is just I don't remember that movie that well enough to remember if that scene happened or not. Uh, it might have just been the song then. It might have been. So <laughs> at this point, I'm just I'm waiting for Ace Ventura to show up in the tutu and and do the slow mo instant replay of playing football. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, laces out does not does not come into play. Yeah, very disappointed. So uh, since the doctor, as a dog, urinated the whole time, they follow his trace of urine to get back to finding our bad guy, Pretorius. That's when Ace Ventura, his Ace Ventura's mama didn't raise no fool. He lets the mask know he's figured out a secret. Yes. Dogs don't lie. When he went to the mask, he must be Stanley Itkiss. So they find that Pretorius is there. Oh, also Spike, the monkey, had taken pictures of Stanley putting the mask on. Yes, that is true. I guess, did he leave Spike behind in the apartment? How did that even happen? You didn't notice I, the big monkey, the, the monkey in his apartment with a camera? With a camera, <laughs> taking pictures. <laughs> Maybe he was in the, oh, hidden. So they uh, go back and uh, Pretorius is too late. He'd used the neurosucculator and he used the satellite to get a fossil of a prehistoric Martian life form and use his DNA to make a clone of it. What? Which is uh, pretty ridiculous. Looks like an orange krang from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There's a big fight scene where at one point the mass turns into a sumo. And you know, we puts our a, third, <laughs> puts and on an extremely authentic Japanese accent. <laughs> our third and final uh, offensive <laughs> impersonation. Yeah. Uh, during the fight scene, uh, he manages to knock Pretorius's head off yet again. You think this guy put that head on a little bit stronger? And they do a whole bit where, which shows love to do, where there's a brain switching, where they're turning the machine on and it everybody's was switching. The longest. <laughs> Besides the butt talking, that was like the the longest unnecessary thing happened. Yeah, where everybody aces in the Martian, the Martians in Spike, Spikes in Milo, the the, the the whole thing. I believe there was a smoking set again for like the third time at this yeah. point. 
Finally, they get everybody back to normal. They beat the Martian and Pretorius, put them into a big satellite and shoot them back to Mars. So we get this final scene of Ace and uh, Spike saying goodbye to Stanley, thanking him for his help, driving away. But as they leave, you get a shot. Spike is holding the mask. Stanley realizes Ace and Spike have left with his mask. And now, bum, 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 he has to get them back. And that's how we ended. The Ace Man Cometh cliffhanger. Part two was on the Ace Ventura cartoon, Have Mask Will Travel, which from what I read, these shows were like on back-to-back on Saturday morning. So they literally like, you didn't have to wait long. The second part was that same Saturday morning. Like a commercial break. Basically, essentially, yes. Okay. There you have the Mask cartoon, the Ace Man Cometh. Well, that that was uh, something else. I actually found Ace Ventura sadly more entertaining on this than the mask. I think because he he would he was goofily drawn, and I, the mask I just found to be predictable. Like it was okay. He's a baseball player. He's gonna do a bit where he what baseball players do. Now he's a cowboy. He's gonna do a cowboy. Like eh, I thought it was kind of kind of the same shtick the whole episode. Not that. Aces with all that original, it was pretty much just they took the movie and uh, took the greatest hits from the films and put them into a cartoon. I actually took note that I thought the mask was funny. I didn't like that he didn't sound like Jim Carrey because I have a problem with with that when the character doesn't sound like something you're used to it sounding like. But um, I actually took the, I thought the mask was funny. So I thought the cartoon was funny because the other things you had me review weren't funny. Um, <laughs> or good, but um, this I thought was funny, and I'm a, I'm a really big fan. I mean, I like Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, When Nature Calls is really my. Yes, we've already established some it's of the greatest, really, greatest yeah. films ever made. I'm sorry when he knocks out that Monopoly guy. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, everything about that movie is funny. You have to go watch it if you haven't seen it. But you found the mask. Funny. I found the mask funny, and I found Ace. Ventura funny. I found it funny. I didn't like the switching of the brain thing at the end. I now have become like, I don't find it offensive, but I do cringe like, oh, people are going to find that offensive for like a few different things in it. I really did think that the guy who voiced Ace Ventura did a better job if they were trying to make, like, trying to be Jim Carrey being Ace Ventura. I think he did a better job than the other one. He looked more like him, which I liked. I'm curious if every episode of the Ace Ventura cartoon does his butthole talk or did they save that gag for the mask? <laughs> and here's the thing. In the mask, I mean, not the mask, in the movie, he knows Tone Loke and he's trying to get information. So he's trying to embarrass him by having his ass talk. He's never met Stanley Ipkiss. <laughs> Because every time you knock, let me introduce myself. Does he introduce introduce himself butt first, making his ass talk? He was trying to assess the situation. (laughs) I believe he said something along those lines. All right, on that note, we're going to jump over to our spectrometer. Every week, if you're new to the show, we do the spectrometer where we rank what we saw. Zero spectros being absolute garbage, four being perfection. Jamie, 
How many specters are you going to give the mask? The ace man cometh. It's, I don't know, because like when I, I think I ranked like Spider-Woman at least two and a half spectros, and this was better than that. But I might have just been a little bit more generous then, you know, maybe I'm not feeling so generous. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it three, three spectros. I'm going to give it, sadly, I'm going to give it three. It was stupid. I won't, it's stupid beyond belief, Uh, lazy, idiotic. But I, I, I can't quite put my finger on it, but something about it works. Would I want to watch this week after week? Probably not. I probably would grow old really quick. But I got to say, it, the something about it worked. It was entertaining. I laughed. <laughs> but it, it, it's stupid. <laughs> With even, even for me, maturity level, very low. But I don't know. What can I say? This It just it clicked. I'm going to give it a three. Good. Yay, we agree on something. What do you think out there? What did you think of the mask? The ace man cometh. Did you like it better than us? Did you like it less? Either one, it's fine. No judgment here. That's the half the reason we have guests, so we can have different sets of opinion. If you want to go to my social media and let me know what you thought, always want to hear from you. You can find me at Twitter at, at Matt Spectro if you could follow me while you're there. And on Facebook, I'm Matt Spectra through the multiverse. Leave your comments. And also, if you could follow and like me there, I really appreciate it. Jamie, what do you think with us having children of our own in 2022? The child comes across the mask, the ace man cometh. They're going to enjoy it. I, I hope so. I hope that I never have a child that ever says the words to me, um, you can't say that. Like <laughs> that would piss me off. Um, I I want them to just be like, like maybe eye roll or like shake their head. But like I don't. I hope that they'll enjoy it. I mean, Corey watched it with us. Yep. And he didn't. I mean, he laughed. Did he laugh? Yeah, he know. did a little. He's a little older though. Uh, I'm thinking 16, more. Yeah. Like Abby and. I think a little kid in the, up to the age of like twelve or eleven is probably gonna laugh. Abby laughs at like. Family Guy. <laughs> if it's a cartoon, Some she of the animation at it. is very yeah. 90s. But yeah, I'll go yes. I think they will. I think they'll enjoy it, yeah. And like, what do you think out there? Oh, as always, give me your comments. I want to hear from you. Jamie, I want to thank you. Uh, it's been a while, but I'm glad you came back, offered your opinion. I hope we educated you because uh, you were uh, severely lacking in information on the mask before this episode. I, I was, but not on Ace Ventura. I'm I'm an expert, a resident expert. I was uneducated knowing that in the top five greatest films of all time is... I didn't say when, top five. I didn't say top five. Like top three. <laughs> um, I, yes. I mean, I, I, I was happy to be here. Maybe next time you're scraping the bottom of the barrel, I'll, my name will come up again Stop. when everybody, <laughs> everybody else doesn't want to do it. Don't do that to yourself. Oh, no. I'm entertaining. No, no, you have legions of fans. I do, like all, all, all tens of them. <laughs> They're out there. Well, I want to thank you for joining us. I want to thank you out there for joining us as well. You can go to my social media and give me your input, your two cents. I always want to hear from you if you like the episode. If you have ideas for guests, you know people might want to be on or you might want to be on, let me know. If you could go to my, uh, follow my podcast, share it. I really appreciate it as well. Smash that subscribe button. I really appreciate that as well. And as always, I want to hear your comments. Jamie, any final thoughts for our listeners? Any other films that you want to recommend that are on the level of 
Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. You've got a thing for weird, you got a weird thing for inferior sequels. I mean, I love Break into Electric Boogaloo. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly the film I was thinking. I love that movie. I am a fan. I am a big fan of that movie. I'm a big fan. Everybody watch that. Watch When Nature Calls. I'm trying to think of any other sequels (laughs) that are fantastic. On that note, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jamie, for being with us. Thank you, everyone out there. You have a good week. We'll see you next week for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. Excelsior!